About five years ago, after my dad, who's here, and I drove two cars full of my things for about eight hours from Jacksonville, Florida, up Interstate 75, through the insanity of downtown Atlanta, and then west from Chattanooga, we arrived in Sewanee, Tennessee, where I would soon begin seminary. After we had unloaded the cars into my new community house, and I just began to settle in for my first night there, I was confronted with a new phenomenon. I know that there may be some Suwannee graduates in our midst, or, or at least those who have spent some time there, here, but for those of you who have not been to Suwannee, you have to understand that it is not exactly near a bustling metropolis, unless your experience of Mount Eagle, Tennessee is different from mine. Suwannee sits on top of the Cumberland Plateau with, with scenic views all around. And one of the advantages to being removed from a larger city or town as it is, is just that. It is removed. A busy, active community unto itself upon the mountain, but removed enough from the city life that there is an uncommon, refreshingly strong sense of safety and security. Well, that night, after I arrived in Sewanee, I followed my normal routine, and I locked the door, because that's just what you do. You lock the door. But one of my new housemates who had lived in Sewanee for a year laughed and said, oh, no, we don't do that here. And then he said, if you lock it, I won't be able to get back in. And surprised by this, I said, don't you have a key? And he said, well, sure, but I never take it with me because I haven't used it since the day I arrived one year ago. So uncomfortably, I agreed. And from that point on, the door stayed unlocked, at least at first during the day, not without some anxiety on my part with the uncertainty of of what might happen if someone decided to pull up and just rob our house when no one was home. They could do it. Frankly, they could do it with anybody's home in Sewanee. Slowly but surely, however, I came to realize that Sewanee is not like most places. I began to trust. And sure enough, in three years on the holy mountain, people did enter our home from time to time. Usually classmates, harmless, looking for questions, whatever. But in three years, no one stole, no one stole a thing from our house. Because as I came to realize, we had a good security system. Just not the kind of security system we normally think of not the kind of security system we have installed in our homes. It was the security that comes from trust. The truth is that we try to create security systems for ourselves all the time. We look for security in all 
manner of things in this world. Things that we truly need, like good food, stable shelter, a steady income. All are forms of security for us, and we need them to survive. But those are not the only kinds of security that we seek. We look for security in this life in all manner of other ways. We yearn for security in being free. Being free of threats. Being free of hardships. Being free of anxiety and uncertainty and insecurity. And when we let those insecurities, those anxieties, those Fears take hold of us, fears of not having enough or of something we deeply care about being taken away. Our desire to increasingly find security in the things of this world can push us to want more and more. More possessions, more strength, more status. But really, what we are looking for is more control. A sense of power over our lives, a sense of abundance that nothing can harm and get in the way of, all to fill some kind of void within and to build bigger and bigger of our own kinds of security systems. As we heard in our gospel passage last week, that portion of Luke that is just a few verses before what we hear today, Jesus tells the parable of a rich man upon who receiving an abundant harvest of grain chooses to store that grain up for himself. And he says to himself, relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Security. What a relatable tempting desire to feel like we finally have enough in our possession just for ourselves that we can say to ourselves relax have no worries you are now secure at least until you realize you still want more and what a great example of how easy it is to act and react out of fear in our relationships, in our work, in our politics, even at times in our churches. So often our fights are over fear of something being taken away and of losing control. It's these kinds of fears that drive up our anxiety within and are in security. And it is to this anxiety that Jesus speaks these words to his disciples and to us. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And as the rest of the passage tells us, be ready, because that kingdom is coming. So don't worry, Jesus tells us. Let go of your anxiety, anxiety about if you will have enough, about whether or not what you have will be taken away. 
Do not seek security in this world because nothing in this world can provide the security that you truly seek. All of these earthly treasures may give an illusion of security, but they cannot give that ultimate security we desire so deeply within. And as we hear in our gospel today, there is one security system in which we can fully trust. Kind of like I learned at Sewanee, to trust. But this is so, so much more. We can trust God's mighty acts of love for us and in the promise of God's steadfast relationship, faithfulness, and the kingdom to come. Because as Jesus says, do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In your moments of greatest anxiety, fear, and insecurity, moments of greatest hardship, moments of deepest greed, all of which we have from time to time. Remember these words. Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That is our true and ultimate security system. It's also our greatest treasure. Because in this world, there is nothing and no one as secure, nothing you can more fully put your faith in than the innumerable riches of God's grace.